Welcome to Italia Mia. Here is another episode, and we deal with all things Italian. This is your host, Luisa, and I am very pleased today to welcome to Italia Mia, Dr. Lucinda Di Falco. I, I have a new term for her, and she doesn't know it as yet, but I've, I'm calling her a woman for all seasons. You heard of Man for All Seasons? This is the distaff side, and uh, you will soon learn why I call her that. Good afternoon, Lucinda. How are you? All right, Louisa. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm very pleased that you agreed to be on Italia Mia. Oh, it's my pleasure, as always. Okay. Um, Lucinda, I want to just uh, give them a little bio, okay? You. Yep. You have taught, you tell me, in five universities, not one and not two, five universities, among them, <laughs> among them the now-defunct Dowling College, some of the other CW Post, Adelphi, at Old Westbury, and on and on. That's, that's amazing. That really is. Uh, you retired in 2012 from Dowling College. And uh, you have been a professor of theater, Spanish, French, Italian, and perhaps more? <laughs> oh, yes, always more. There's always something that needs to be taught that nobody else can teach, and it's always at the last minute. So, of course, they look to me. <laughs> Such as? Give us an idea. Such as? Uh, well, uh, one time I, I taught a humanities course uh, in classics. And I was basically reading the text a couple of days before I would teach them because I just was not familiar with that curriculum and it had to happen on the fly. So it all got done and we did it. <laughs> uh -huh. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, yeah. um, let's just tell them, uh, I call it the pursuit of a dream. And you do have a magnificent dream and you've been working toward it since you retired and the first thing you did was you bought a vineyard in South Carolina. I believe that was in 2006? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, we bought the vineyard. Uh, actually, we bought the property in 2006, and we planted the vineyard ourselves. It was just uh, farmland and used for various annual crops, you know, like soybeans and corn and things like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was no vineyard on the property. So we planted the vineyard in 2007. And the vines matured in 2010. It takes about three years or so for them to really get going. And, yeah, we had uh, our first harvest in 2010. It was a mini harvest, but uh, it's muscadine grape, and it's uh, non-traditional grape. People always think of European varietals, Concord, Muscat, all the rest. But, uh, no, uh, in South Carolina, the muscadine grape is the ruler. And I had to ask you, why not, why not wine? As an Italian, why would you not have uh, grapevines? Well, uh, not as a wine grape, but, you know, be basically because of the soil type. Uh -huh. In South Carolina, you're going to get a sandy loam, and it's not really the best for the moisture content of the soil for those European varietals. Mm -hmm. So the muscadine grape is actually a native American grape. It was uh, once termed America's first grape because it was here when the settlers were here. They made pies and wines and ate them fresh off the vine and, and all of that. 
So uh, the muscadine grape has really been around for quite some time. In fact, the oldest muscadine vine known to still exist in the United States is on Roanoke Island in North Carolina. It's over 400 years old, and it's called the mother vine. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Tell, tell yeah. us. The muscadine tell... is an extremely hardy grape, and so it, it grows well in that soil type, and we've had just tremendous harvest. So we can do anything with it. Currently, we produce ciders, jams, also condiments, and we've just started producing our own wine. So it, it's a very versatile grape. And because when, when I knew you, you were spending time in South Carolina, but since then, the business has grown to such a degree that you do not have to be there at the property. It's uh, No, no I, I don't have to be there at all. We have a wonderful vineyard manager. He actually came with the property. He is uh, 84 years old, and he is not giving up anytime soon. He just, he loves that land. He's always been there. He's always farmed it, and he maintains the vineyard like you wouldn't believe. And so, we should... no, it, it doesn't require me at all. I just come down for the harvest. I go, okay, put this over there, take that over there, truck <laughs> uh-huh. that up to there, and uh-huh. it happens. Yeah, and we should say it's over 200 acres, correct? So uh, Yes, we have 200 acres of property, but only four acres are actually vineyard. Uh, there are 750 vines, and each one of them produces about half a ton of grapes every year, so that's a lot in itself. <laughs> yes, and I, you knew, I knew you when you were transporting those grapes all over the country. Oh, yes. My mm-hmm. goodness. <laughs> My goodness. That was oh, yes. amazing. I, I did that many, many years. I drove them up and down the East Coast, and... That was a lot of hard work, but uh, we have a little bit of a better system now because we have our own vintner, and uh, he's in Connecticut. So he comes down, he grabs all the grapes, trucks them up to Connecticut, mm-hmm. and I don't have to be involved in it, and it's just wonderful. But that time you were at festivals, uh, I recall, yeah, yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. on Long Island right. and we, elsewhere. We did, um, all sorts of festivals, uh, everything from... Renaissance fairs to medieval festivals, also uh, kind of country festivals, you know, for representing acorn squash or whatever they were celebrating at the moment, you right. know, something uh, earthy like that. But yeah, we, we used to exhibit our products there. And uh, then, you know, of course, COVID hit, so we couldn't do that anymore. And now it's just all online. But uh, an incredible study just came out from the University of North Carolina, which examined three basic foods and the COVID-19 virus. And it found that the muscadine grape, green tea, and chocolate inhibit the replication of the virus. So Mm -hmm. we posted that on our homepage, and we blasted it out in an email blast to all of our supporters and we're just really thrilled about that news, that it helps to fight this horrible, horrible disease. Oh, they always let, let us give everyone the website. Yes, it is uh, borgomediolale.org. So uh, for those of you that couldn't catch all of that Italian at once, <laughs> it is borgo, B-O-R-G-O-M-E-D-I-O-E-V-A-L-E.org. And would that translate into medieval village? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Medieval Italian village. That's Uh what it is. Uh And let's talk a little bit about your Italian heritage. Um, You tell me that you come from a winemaking family uh, from Puglia. 
Is Actually, that... on both sides. I uh, married my husband. His uh, family comes from Italy as well. Uh, that's hence the DeFalco name. And he and his family, they've always been in wine and winemaking and uh, wine selling. His father worked for Banfi for a number of years uh, for the Reuniti Cooperative. And uh, I, on my side, uh, we've always been just crushing grapes at home and bottling them and selling them and giving them away at family gatherings. And so it's, it's just been a long tradition. Yep. And let's mention what part of South Carolina the acreage exists. It's Swansea. How do you pronounce that? Mm-hmm. Yep, Swansea. It's about uh, six minutes off the interstate, right uh, south of Columbia, the capital. Mm-hmm. It's close to Charleston, is it not? Charleston, it's about south? Uh, 90 minutes from Charleston, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Well, I have to tell everyone out there that not only were you involved uh, far from home, but you were involved in something on Long Island as well. And there was a, a very famous, uh, shall I say, log cabin on Montauk yeah. Highway in Oakdale. It was called Bronco Charlie's. I remember it fondly because my husband and I would dine there frequently. And yeah, it was a mainstay of Montauk Highway in that area. Yes, it was much loved by everybody that knew it. Yeah. And tell us what happened. Tell uh, us what happened. What happened. It's quite a story. That's, that's an amazing can of worms, let's say. Okay. Well, uh, twice I tried to rescue it. The uh, town of Islip was basically hell-bent on not allowing Dowling College to use that property for anything that they proposed to use it for, since they had taken it over from the original owners, which were the Morfogan brothers. And the Morfogan brothers were actually my personal friends, and I was very sad to know that they lost the restaurant. But it was, you know, what happens when one generation leaves something to the next generation, and the next generation's not quite able to cope with it. Right. So right. that's that's what happened. And the brothers that inherited that, they just they didn't manage it correctly. Mm-hmm. So it uh, eventually went under, and uh, then, you know, the property came up for sale, so Dowling College bought it. And uh, in that whole time that that was happening, I had proposed saving the log cabin because there were numerous proposals of what to use that site for, and none of them included a log cabin. So Mm -hmm. it seemed like that was a major hindrance to redevelopment of the property. So I said, okay, let me help out Oakdale and Dowling College and the town of Iceland and the community as well. Why don't I just take this log cabin, pick it up, move it, take it to my property, which is right across the street, and open it up as a community center? What a and, great idea. Well, wouldn't uh-huh. you know that was shot down twice, two oh. different times. Uh-huh. So, so be it. And now? That was the end of the, cast, of the uh, log cabin. And the log cabin is obviously not there anymore. No, no, they bulldozed it. Mm-hmm. They thought that was a better plan. What a shame. What a shame. <laughs> yes. Well, that, yeah. was, that was my thought as well. But uh, I, I did what I could. I mean, you, you can't offer anybody else. Anything other than free, right? I mean, right. <laughs> how much more appealing could you make it? Mm-hmm. Well, you're a woman of dreams, uh, obviously, but you have a magnificent dream, and uh, I've always been intrigued by it. Uh, actually, when this happens, it will be on the acreage that you have in South Carolina. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a certain part of it that's designated 
especially for Umborgo Medievale, right? That's right. Yes, okay. We won an actual medieval Italian village right on the vineyard site. So and the vineyard is the first step, and once you get it looking like the Tuscan countryside, then everything else will follow, right? Uh, yes, yes. So, yes, we, we want a castle, and we want a working Italian village with craftsmen, artisans that keep the ancient Italian traditions alive. And, you know, whether that's cooking or making uh, articles for sale, from glass blowing to blacksmithing to everything that the Italians are, are famous for, leather work, whatever, ceramics even. Will it strictly... We, we want to preserve it. Will it be strictly a tourist attraction or will people actually be able to live on that property? Well, it's uh, a self-contained living, working, and educational village. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you want to come there and learn with the master craftsmen, then you're welcome to. There will be classes for that, apprenticeships, internships, all sorts of ways that people can come and learn mm-hmm. and take that home with them. It will also be open to the public in order to foster tourism and get the word out about what we're trying to do. And uh, most importantly, we'll be preserving the Italian language because they will be actually Italians all the way from Italy. Have you been, have you been doing in t- their thing in their own language. Have you been in touch with Italy? Are you working with Italy on this uh, project? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have uh, a contingent of friends and uh, former co-workers uh, from when I lived in Italy that are helping me to realize this. I had no idea that you had lived in Italy. When was that? I, I did, yeah. I, um, I'm actually... <laughs> I envy you. More Italian than I seem. I know I don't have an accent, but uh, it is my other native language. And uh, yeah, I've lived in Italy numerous times. Where whereabouts? So, whereabouts? Uh, from the north to the south, I've been pretty much uh, everywhere. I've lived in Milan. I've lived in uh, Florence. I've lived outside of Florence. I've lived in the south near Naples. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've I've traveled extensively. Dare I ask you which region you prefer? Oh, it's um, not a question of preference. It's a question more of time of year and who's there. Uh-huh. Florence can be very Italian or it can be very Americans belonging to the college. So there, there are a number of overseas study programs. You know, they call it study abroad. And... When when school is in session and the American kids are there, it's like, why bother? <laughs> right, right. It's, it's not really Italy. It's it's just a college campus. Right, I understand that. So uh-huh. uh, you have to go at the right time. It just right. depends where you are. All right, let's go back to Borgo Medievale. Um, sure. You say there'll be restaurants there and they'll be able to grow their own food. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. We are going to be as green as possible and as vegetarian and vegan as possible. Oh, wonderful. Um, actually, you're calling it a tribute to the ancient castles of Italy. So it's a little bit of Italy here in the United States. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And uh, speaking of you know, medieval, of course, there's going to be a wall. It's going to be encircled by a <laughs> That's wall. That's right. We need a wall to protect us from the shooting range, which is right next door to us. 
Oh, they, dear. Uh, slipped through the town planning committee without anybody knowing it. And the road, which, you know, we, we do border on a road, but it's a fairly not so heavily traveled road. So uh-huh. it's, it's pretty okay. But, uh, yeah, just just for the look of it, any Italian castle community needs a wall. Okay, when you say um, a shooting range, do you envision opposition to the Borgo? Well, we would hope not, because mm-hmm. we're probably going to bring more jobs than they could to the community, mm-hmm. and more exposure for the area, and more reasons for people to spend money in shops that are not ours, mm-hmm. because they're coming and going to come and see us. So... Normally, when something is that uh, is being planned, word gets around. So yeah. people, uh, I suppose, are aware that this will happen eventually. Um, do you see, well, like I said, opposition? Uh, and I don't like to use the word discrimination, but unfortunately, it does exist. Do you oh, think? Yes, of yeah. Or do you but think? I don't really envision all of that much discrimination happening because the basic formula is that of a working, educational, farming-type thing that's in keeping with the rest of the community. Uh-huh. So it's not like a giant playground or a water park or something. It's a very know, positive. Something that's out of keeping with the tone of the neighborhood. It's a very positive venture, is it not? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, it makes use of the land just the way it has been used for generation. Mm-hmm. If there's mm-hmm. anything that's out of keeping, it's the shooting range, because there was no noise in that area until they came in. Oh, dear. And I do believe you said there's hunting in the vicinity. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But hunting is, you know, you hear a shell here, a, a shot there, and there's a season for it, and they're done. This is mm-hmm. year-round, and they have hours like any business, and they're there a lot, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Are you actually targeting a year when you see this uh, come to fruition? I would like to be breaking ground by 2022, yes. Well, that's that's around the corner. Well, we, we would have done it sooner, but we've just been stymied by COVID. Mm-hmm. It's, you can't do this, you can't go there, you can't see that person, and you can't buy or sell that. So right. it's it's been hard. Well, that's going to be a wonderful thing to look forward to, I must say. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and that is probably one of your dreams. Do you have others? <laughs> knowing you <laughs> and knowing you and your question. <laughs> I, I always have dreams. That uh-huh. That's you know why live if you can't dream, right? Right, right. Because uh, you are a woman who just does not stay put. She's no, everywhere. No, I, I never stop. I, I never. I never say I can't. And uh, it, where there's a will, there's a way. Mm-hmm. Will you take an active role in the Borgo uh, as a former professor? Will you be teaching Italian, or what role do you see yourself in? Oh, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't be teaching the Italian necessarily because hopefully everyone that comes in right off the boat, they, they're pretty good with their mother tongue. But I would be more as an advisor and developer, uh, project manager kind of, role, not generally someone that would do something here or there and mm-hmm. as a worker, you know, but mm-hmm. more as an overseer. 
And will you bring over, when you say Italian artisans, will you bring over those wonderful Italian masons and bricklayers? And Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're the best. They're mm-hmm. the best. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. They, they make such beautiful artwork just by doing their normal thing that mm-hmm. they do every day. It's, it's incredible. You know, even, even the coffee. If you, if you get a cafe latte, it's got a little heart design or something on it, or it's got it's the foam, you know, it's just beautiful. So yeah. everything that I have seen that I would want to reproduce in the castle mm-hmm. community is basically a work of art. Mm-hmm. Um, the masonry is, is just top-notch. It's, it's first rate. Mm-hmm. And the ceramics that we would display on uh, walls and, and interiors and as little accent pieces, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Italians are second to none. That's right. That's right. I, I think it's just, um, it's amazing. It really is. And I look forward to it. And I'm sure the people who tuned in to Italian Mia today are very intrigued and looking forward <laughs> to it as well. I mean, to have a bit of Italy here in the United States, what could be bad about that? That's a wonderful. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, have you been able to get back to Italy recent? No, of course, not recently. No, not, would... no, not with COVID. And uh, I've, I've basically been here since 2013. Uh, it was the last time I went over to Europe. Oh, dear. That's quite a while. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was there in, in 2012, and I did a little bit of a tour. Then uh, 2013, I was here, and I just never got back over number of things just got in the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to going back, but uh, I had to cancel a trip this year, which is, uh, you know, very uh, depressing. But <laughs> Absolutely, uh-huh. yes. And it's, we can only hope that this is going to end soon. Yeah, yeah. Really. And then we have, we have so much to look forward to after that. I think That's life, right. life will change. Life will change, I think. I don't think... We'll really go back to normalcy as we knew it. There'll be changes. There'll be changes. Yeah, I, I would say there would have to be because, I mean, if anything, there will be less of a flu rate every year, right? Fewer people getting sick if they're right. busy taking more precautions and right. Right. learning from their mistakes, basically. Yeah. Well, Lucinda, this has been so enlightening, and uh, I know it makes me happy to think to think that perhaps soon there'll be a Borgo Mediovale. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mediovale, excuse me, in the That's United right. States. Oh, dear. What a thing to look forward to. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad that I brought a little bit of sunshine to your day. You certainly it is, did. Uh, cold and wintry out. <laughs> yes, it's bitter today. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I want to remind everyone out there that uh, Italia Mia focuses on all things Italian. And today, we were very, very much Italian, I'm happy to say. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. No, it was a it, great pleasure. It was a pleasure to have you, Lucinda. And buona fortuna. Grazie, altrettanto. Oh, grazie. Grazie, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Well,